You're listening to audio from One Church of High Point. Man, if you'd like more resources or would like to donate, visit was, um, onechurchnc.net. I, I like Target. Um, I was in Target this week, and they had all the fall stuff out. And I was excited, and so I put a picture of it on my Instagram. Um, I got a couple of DMs that didn't like that. Um, but I'm excited for fall because we've had an amazing summer. You know, fall has um, fall flavors. I'm not talking about pumpkin spice. Um, it's like apple and, you know, maple, all those great flavors. Cinnamon, thank you. Yes, all that stuff. Fall has um, fall has my birthday. That's important to me. It may not be for you guys, but it's important to me. Um, fall has nice temperatures. Fall has layers, you know, fall fashion layers. Um, thank you. Somebody gets it. Um, fall does not have pollen, at least not for me. And that's a blessing. That's why fall's better than spring. Um, but <laughs> um, I'm excited because it means summer's ending, and that means we've had a great summer at one church. Um, Pastor Ryan's been on sabbatical, and the teaching team has been phenomenal this week. Um, raise it up if you if you learned something this summer. I know I have every every single time. Yeah. I drew the short end of the straw, um, and Pastor Ryan came back on the day that I had to um, teach, which is great, you know. They all ganged up on me and beat me up. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but this is an amazing burden. Um, and I just realized that it's been a while since I've been up here. Um, so for you guys that I haven't seen before, hi, I'm Trey. Um, thanks. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to God's TED Talk. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but speaking about the speakers, last week, uh, Pastor Hunter preached an incredible message, right? Um, he talked about owning your faith and gave us five steps. And um, he threw in some YFC lingo. When I, I work for YFC still, so that's, I was like, yes, YFC, great. That's amazing. Um, three stories, phenomenal. Um, but I want to talk about something that might be a little bit harder today. Um, I, don't, I, I didn't want to do bullet points and notes and sermon titles coming into this because I wanted you, I wanted us to get whatever God wanted. Like, so there's no... There's no um, you know, fabulous points to write down. Um, I want you to write down whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Um, but if I had to get a silent title, it would be owning your suffering. Um, Hunter talked to us about owning our, owning our faith, and I want to talk to us about owning our suffering. Um, so today we're going to dive into First Samuel 1. Um, and that's the story of Hannah and uh, Peninnah and Elkanah. And normally we hear this story and we go to the, you're pregnant with purpose. God's going to deliver something to you. Just push nine months. Just push. And there's birth pains. Um, I don't want to talk about that part. I want to talk about the, the part before you're pregnant with purpose. Right? When there's something that we desire and we're lingering for and we're wanting it. I want to talk about that, that part. Um, and I'm not saying that we're Hannah because we're not. I'm especially not Hannah. Um, and... I want us to look at this and observe because God is the same God for Hannah that he is for us. And so there are things that we see in Hannah's story and we see throughout the Bible that can relate to what we have going on, right? So um, let, let's dive into the text. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 verse 5. All right. And so I'm reading from the NIV, I believe. Um, and I'll go ahead and read when you're ready. Oh, 
Everyone's ready, ready, ready. All right. Um, if you're not ready, it's on the screen. So it says, there was a certain man from Ramathene, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. Uh-oh. One was Hannah, and the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Okay. Year after year, this man went up to his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came from Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, uh, Penina and all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Um, a little context, right? So Shiloh is, at this time, the religious center of the world, okay? So that means, um, I don't know, who all grew up listening to Focus on the Family? Anybody? Is it just me? Okay, Focus on the Family. Um, and I would love Focus on the Family because on Wednesday nights when our church had Bible study, if we were late, and we were always late, um, I could listen to Adventures and Odyssey, right? And if we got to complete it, we always heard this voice say, you know, this production is brought to you by Colorado Springs, Colorado. And so Shiloh was like Colorado, right? If you listen to it, there's a whole bunch of ministry headquarters in Colorado. You look at some of your biggest churches, some of your biggest, you know, Zondervan, all those great publishers. They're all in Colorado Springs for some reason. I have to go there and figure out why. But they're all there. And so Shiloh was like this place, this religious center. All of the people would gather at Shiloh to make their sacrifices. And at that time, that sacrifice was worship, right? So they would... Um, Make a sacrifice that would give grain offerings and peace offerings and, you know, fattened calves and, you know, sheep and all that other stuff, right? So they all make these burnt sacrifices to the Lord. Um, it was how they did worship then, right? And so that's one part. We look at, we look at Hannah and we look at her womb. That's the second part. Um, in that time, for a woman, most of their value is found in what they can produce, as far as how many children they can have. Can they have a male child to help continue their legacy? Can they have, um, you know, people to help work at out the farms and at the other stuff? Can they have people who, were, who could be stonemasons, who could be carpenters, who could carry on the legacy of what their husbands might have started and what their families might have started? And so this, for a woman, was her value. A lot of her value is found in what she could produce. And so for God to close her womb meant that maybe there was something about her value that he needed to change. And so I think a lot of times we find ourselves in spaces where we have um, our quote-unquote womb closed, right? We've, we've seen this thing, God, we want to do this awesome thing. We want to, um, I want to make a song. I want to write a book. I want to open up a business. I want to, I want to, um, like, let's do this. I want to make paintings for someone. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, God, and I can, I can see this is happening, right? We get to those moments and... It doesn't feel like it's working out. It feels like God has closed that, right? And so we get to the space and I'm like, what do I do with this, Father? I'm frustrated because I know, I know, like Hunter mentioned the lady who was cursing in the prayer, I know that there is something here, but it's not working out. What if the moment that you feel called to, God's press paused on? <laughs> what if the moment that you feel called to, God has pressed pause on? Right? And so 
we look at that, that might be a dream deferred. It might be a book. It might be a business. It might be a song. It might be a marriage. It might be a restaurant. It might be photography. Um, it could be all those things. And year after year, Hannah would go to this place and make sacrifices with her family when all she wanted to do was feel the immediate value and carry the purpose she believed that she had. Let's go to verse 6. It says, Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and could not eat. I have the opposite problem. <laughs> I get provoked and I eat. <laughs> right? And so we, we look at this, we look at this, this beef. Like, God, why is, this, why is this detail important? Right? Why isn't it enough that Hannah's womb is closed and that she struggled and that she cried? Like, that's, that's what we learned about with Abraham and Sarah. Like, they couldn't have a child, so they struggled. Like, why is, why is, why is Peninnah important in this whole entire thing? And honestly, the beef makes me think of rap. Do we have any rap fans? Like, four. Great. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. So, um, I, I grew up and my dad, oh, uh, that, I'll see some more. Um, I, my dad would always play old school music. So I, I was for now old school, you know, for me at that time. I realize now that like teenagers are calling the music I grew up on old school, how that feels. Um, so sorry. <laughs> um, but I grew up on this, so I grew up listening to um, New Edition and um, Boys, I mean, all that stuff was before, you know, albums a little bit before my time in the 80s, right? And so I remember my dad would always play um, old school, old school hip hop, right? And so um, if you know anything about old school hip hop, you know there was always beef, right? Um, and so <laughs> it still is. Crazy. I don't know about the new stuff now, but it's, I, I, it's probably there. Um, so I, one, one, one lyric that I'll never forget is um, a song by Roxanne Shantae called Have a Nice Day. Um, and she was just going after everybody, right? She was just returning the favor. And so one line she said, now KRS-One should go on vacation with that name sounding like a rack, whack radio station, right? They, thank you. I appreciate that. Amazing. <laughs> yes, whack radio station. And that for me, at that time, I was like, wow, she really said that? That's crazy. Like, that is bananas. That's rude. I like it, but it's rude. <laughs> and then moving forward um, to something more current for me, late 90s, early 2000s, you had um, Jay-Z and Nas, right? Rap was crazy. Um, crazy time. And so there's all this beef going on. And the thing about this beef, though, even though they eventually, you know, ironed it out, there was something that came from the beef that was beneficial to everyone, right? And so the radio stations would get up, they would call, they would say, hey, you know, let me speak to Jay-Z's people. And Jay-Z's probably like, nah, um, <laughs> I'm going to come. But he's like, I want to I talk about this. And so they'd probably go on these radio stations and they would ask them all these questions. Hey, you know, Jay, how you doing? This is great. I'm so glad you're here. Um, how's your family? You know, well, that's great. How's your mama and them? That's great. That's awesome. Jay, what about this beef with Nas? Um, and they would really get down to the subject. But this space served to promote their albums, promote their sales, right? Promote their tour stuff. Um, it, it helped the culture to have something to talk about that wasn't depressing. Um, 
it, it helps out a lot. So there's all these people, all this backlash that comes from this. You have radio interviews, um, the charts are blown on, album sales, album promo. Something good came from all this beef. You know, and all these people eventually made up. Jay Z, Nas made up. You know, did some did some projects together. That was great. Um, something positive comes from Hannah's beef too, right? And so we look at this, and I'm a guy who, when I read the text, especially the Old Testament, I'm always looking up stuff. So if you're preaching and you see me on my phone, I'm probably Googling something. Not that you said anything wrong, but I just I like to know. And so um, we see this point, and so I'm, I'm looking up Hannah's name and Peninnah's name. And Hannah's name means favor and grace. Peninnah's name means pearl. So there's beef between God's grace and favor and uh, a perceived object with high value. So for us, I think we need to ask ourselves the questions, what is the pearl in our life? What is it we have beef with? What is the thing that we see is valuable that we're not getting there? Right? It could be, it could be um, financial struggle. It could be an addiction. It could be stewardship. It could be another person, like Natasha in HR. She might just get on your nerves. I don't know. It could be prioritizing God. It could be, you know, Anything, right, how we steward our money, all of that stuff could be the pearl. And we're always thinking of, God, if I had just $100 more at the end of the month, I could do all the things. God, if I had as many Instagram followers as her, I would be using it for your glory. I'd be doing the thing, right? God, if I didn't have this problem with this, uh, with this struggle, with this addiction, with whatever, God, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have these issues. I could do all the things. And we often chase that, and we have beef with that, and we want that over the grace and the favor. Let's, let's go to verse 8. Um, it says, her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look at your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give, the Lord, I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. There was a special thing in the Bible um, where people would set themselves apart, right? Um, and they would do certain things, right? There are some other people who know no razor shall touch the hair on my head. We know we can think of some Samson, right? You know, no, no razor's touching his hair. He's doing certain sort of things. So that was a symbol of being set apart from the Lord. And this, this prayer, um, I love prayers in the Bible because I think it shows us a lot. It shows us um, what someone prayed, and it shows us the response, God's response to that. I think that's important for us to know when we're looking at and learning how to pray and continuing to grow in our prayer life, saying, okay, God, I see that this person prayed this, and this is the sacrifice that's made, and this is how you responded. Those are important things to note in your Bible. Um, anyway, maybe the thing that we're committing to the Lord, we don't have yet because we haven't committed to the Lord. So maybe the thing that we're praying about, the thing we're, we're frustrated about, we haven't committed to the Lord, and so we don't have it yet. You look at this, it says year after year. I wonder how many years is year after year in the Bible, right? Um, 
How long was it before Hannah was like, okay, God, no, if you give me this, I'll give it back to you. Maybe the delay in the thing that we're looking for or the, the, the promise that we want to move into or the purpose and the feeling we want to move into, maybe there's a delay there because we're not ready to give it over to the Lord yet. Maybe it's taking year after year because we have to get to the point where you say, okay, God, you can have this. You can have my social media following. You can have my LinkedIn business stuff. You can have my kids, God. You can have the spouse that I want, the relationship, the marriage that I want. You can have that, God. It's yours. Maybe we haven't gotten to that point, so maybe that's why we're in a little bit of this year after year after year after year and having struggle after struggle and, and beef after beef and beef and beef because we haven't said, okay, God, honestly, this is yours. And then we put the action behind it. God, I won't, I won't put the razor to his head. God, I, I won't do this with the thing that you want to give me. I'll make sure that it's set apart. Let's move to verse 12. Um, it says, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Weirdo. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just realized that. That's so weird. Why would you do that, Eli? Uh, <laughs> um, Hannah, Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and he said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Hannah replies, not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. I had a moment a couple months ago where I was frustrated with God. And I was like, God, I'm doing these things. And I'm hurting. God, you said in your word that those who sow in tears will reap in joy. And the Holy Spirit said, you're not sowing. You're just crying. I wonder if we ever get to the point where we're just crying, right? Sowing provides that I'm doing something. There's action. I'm tilling the ground. I am. I am. Maybe I'm praying about something. Maybe I've written out a, a strategy, a business strategy. Maybe I've, maybe I've made a list and written down, God, this is what I want in the spouse. Maybe I've written down, God, this is the many, many kids I want, and I've taken some parenting classes, and I've done some, some work. I've listened, to some pod, excuse me, I've listened to some podcasts. That's sewing. Crying is different. Crying feels good. You don't have to do anything. You just let the tears kind of fall, and then afterwards you feel a little bit lighter. That's not the same thing. And so you have to get used to looking like, hey, when I sow, I'm going to look a little different. Eli thought Hannah was drunk because she was sowing in tears. She's been weeping all this time. She's been crying year after year after year. And now she's finally gets to the point where I'm going to sow. God, here's my promise. Here's my word. Here's, here's what I'm going to do, God. Here's the conversation that we need to have. I wonder, like, God, did you not, did Hannah not have this conversation beforehand? But I know there's a difference that we've reaped. Enjoy when we actually sow in tears and not just cry. We continue to look at this, and we look at this point where Hannah sacrifices this, this son that she doesn't have, this son that she's not even conceived yet, right? And we learn that Hannah adopts this posture that we need to adopt. I had a couple of weeks ago, I had a, had a friend going through some stuff, 
And I was like, what is going on? This is a bad friend. Da, 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 da. And God said, it's not about you. It turns out, at the friend I talked, it completely wasn't about me at all. I had nothing to do with it. But I was elevating myself and being frustrated with God. A couple weeks ago, someone mentioned the scripture. Um, it said, all things work together. Yeah, for, for those who love the Lord and are. Yeah, let's not forget that part. Oh. <laughs> We look at that scripture and we think, God, I know I'm in trouble. God, you're working this out for my good. The scripture never says that all things work together for the good of you who love the Lord. Might I challenge us and, and, and say that maybe that's a communal scripture. Maybe that scripture isn't just for you, but it's for everyone around you. So what are the thing that you are looking at working and making God, letting God work out is not the, paying the difference for you? What if the good that you get out of it is not the same as the better someone else got of it? Can we sit in ourselves and say, okay, God, maybe it's not just for me. Maybe the most good that's coming from the situation isn't for me, but it's for my neighbor. It's for my friend. I can tell you a story. Um, when Megan and I first started dating, and we did one of those date, breakup, date things again, get married. Um, and so when we did one of those things, we dated Bought a car, you know, that, that scripture, you know, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. So I was like, yeah, it's a good thing. I've got a car. I've got this job that I'm not supposed to have because I don't have a degree. Um, this is, everything's working out great. We broke up, and I lost the job. And start struggling, and the car got repossessed. Not once, but twice. I don't know how that happens, how you, <laughs> how you lose a car twice, but it happened. Um, and the crazy thing about this car I, I loved it. It was my, my, my very first car that I bought, paid my own money. Now, my dad took me to the, the Enterprise lot. It was used, um, but it was still great. Um, my dad took me to the Enterprise lot, and I put down the deposit, and I did all this great stuff. It was, it was going to be amazing, right? I bought this car, and I loved it. And I think of that scripture, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and call him to his purpose, Right? Maybe me losing that car twice was not for my best good, but it was for someone else's. I know I have a, I know I have a kid, and I have a, a son who I can teach, hey, like Pastor Ryan says, if it's, if it's too much, take it back. I, I learned it the hard way, but I learned it, right? And I can teach my kid, and he doesn't have learned the hard way. And the crazy thing about this car is that it never showed up on my credit report. <laughs> got repossessed twice, and the second time, they, I didn't owe anybody any money. I, was, I don't know how that happened. I'm not going to ask any questions, um, but it's just going to be there, right? <laughs> and so, praise God. But, right, but maybe somebody else needed that car. Maybe it served its purpose with me. All things work together for the good of those. So maybe there's someone else who was loving the Lord who needed that more than I did. While it didn't work out for, for the good, I didn't get the most dividends out of this. Someone did. And if it's not about me, then we can praise God for that. If the struggle that I went through benefits someone else more than it benefits me, I can praise God for that. Hunter talked about three story last week. And he talked about how it was my story and their story and God's story. And maybe sometimes my story is being built so that it can help and it can cause me to be able to be a witness to someone else and bring them into God's story. It's not about me. I'm going to be short today. Um, ben, I'm going to ask you guys to 
Come on back up. Um, verse 8. I want to look back at that because I learned something really interesting when I was um, studying. Um, it's an interesting perspective. It says her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why do you not eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Hunter told us last week that all of the Bible points to Jesus, right? What if this is a parallel to Jesus, and what if he's saying this? Am I not enough for you? You want all these things. You're finding your value in everything else, but me, your husband, bride of Christ. What if I am enough? Can I be enough? Can I be worth more than 10 cents? Can I be worth more than all the followers on Instagram? Can I be worth more than the spouse that I want? Can I be worth more than the book? Can I be worth more than the painting seller? Can I be worth more than the, the contract that I got at work? Can I get worth more than the job that you really want? Can I be worth more? Is God worth more? We look at this thing with the names again. Is the grace and the favor of God worth more than the pearl? Last thing I want from us to catch up from this um, is in verse 26, right? We skip down a little bit in month. Um, Hannah's had this child, um, and she's going into the place. She kept him like a year. I was like, let me finish breastfeeding him. I'm going to take him. I promise I'm going to get him to where he needs to go. Um, she finally brings him up to the temple, and she's making a new sacrifice. And so um, she sits in this conversation with Eli, and it says, and she said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord, the one you thought was drunk. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Going back to this three-story idea, it's, it's not about us. This testimony, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. This testimony is not about you. The suffering, before we realize the promise, before we see it start to happen, it's not about you. It's all about God. It's all about what he wants to do and how he wants to move through you. I find it ironic today That the first song was, you give me joy, not deep in my soul. Choir, you guys can come up. I'm wrapping up. Um, and then we looked at, this is how I fight my battles and you made a way. And we look at the struggle, right? Joy is not happiness, just in case we thought it was. Joy does not mean happiness, right? Joy is the will to stick through it. Joy is the, the meter to keep a countenance while you are suffering. That's why it's something that it comes from the Lord and, and not us. I don't know if anybody else has tried to make themselves happy. It doesn't last long, right? Joy is something, a resolve that comes from the God. And so in our struggles, in our testimony, in our pain, we're looking for the joy. And we find that, again, not when we're crying, 
but we're sowing in tears. We're sowing through our suffering. How many of us can say that, I'm, God, I'm sowing through my suffering? I've been beaten up. This, this thing that, that says, that has all the value that I want, it said all these things to me. It tells me I'm, I'm worthless. I look on Instagram and I start the comparison thing. And I look on Facebook and I start the comparison thing. Sally has more kids than me and her kids go to MIT and all this other stuff. We look at all these things. And they don't hold a candle to the Lord. As as we close today, I'm going to pray for us. But I want you to take a second and think of when in your life is the pearl, right? What What are you having beef with? For me, it's a list of things. Comparison being one of the one of the best and top ones. When we have that image in our head, I want us to remember what Elkanah says. Am I not worth more than ten sons? Can you remember God saying, am I not worth more to you than that thing? That thing that you want to be, that thing that you're struggling with, that thing that you have beef with. Are you not, is God not worth more? Let's pray. Pops, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's true. I think that it's, it impacts our lives and what you want to do through our lives, God. As, as we read and as we focus on this, God, that you would help us to own our suffering, God. Because there's testimony of that. There's deliverance in that. There's freedom in that. When we can say, God, you know what? I suffered like Job. I suffered and I went through it and I moved on. I stopped, my, I stopped crying and I started sowing. God, help us to get to that place. Lord, let every man be a lie, God, and you be true. Let every pearl be a lie, God, and you be true. As we leave here, God, as, as we leave and as we move on, that you would just continue to have your way in us, that you would give us insight, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. That wherever it is that we need to commit to you, God, that we're able to do that wholeheartedly. We love you. We bless you. We'll see you again. We pray. Amen. Thank you for watching today's video. If you made a commitment of any kind or you made a first time decision to accept Christ, we want to hear from you. Email us at info at onechurchnc.net. If today's message encouraged you, we want to encourage you to give so that we can continue to share the hope of Jesus. You can do that by visiting onechurchnc.net slash give.